Welcome to another edition of our Unique NUFC podcast. It's fair to say it's been another roller coaster week at Newcastle United, but now the tune stands just three points, possibly 90 minutes away from Champions League football. Just let that sink in since escaping relegation, please, because it's a massive thing to say. Welcome to Black and White with Arab News. Steele's not really had much to do, but here's the latest corner. It's in! Oh, oh gee! Oh, God. There was only ever one guest we could have today to look at the last 10 days at Gallagher. Yes, it's Newcastle United's leading journalist, Liam Kennedy. But before we say hi to him, it's a warm welcome back to Ali Callett, our Arab News sports editor. Blamed by many at St. James's Park, thousands of the Geordie faithful for our fall to the Arsenal. Ali, how are you? Relieved? Yeah, very good. Yeah, back in Dubai now. Uh, yeah, it was, um, it was a great trip. And as I said, uh, everyone was incredibly welcoming and generous in Newcastle. I had a fantastic time, incredible atmosphere at the start of the match. Um, not the result everyone wanted. And I was told in no uncertain terms, do not come back <laughs> no, <laughs> because I brought bad luck. Um, you know, in all seriousness, I think I think looking back at, at that game, uh, I know I've said it so many times this season, every time Newcastle have had a, a bad result or a slight dip in form, they've, they've answered all the questions that have been thrown at them, you know, in in style and i don't even think the result against arsenal you know like warranted any panic arsenal a very good team they were going for the for the for the title of course and i think it was just in the circumstances the excitement around the game and the hype and all that it was very disappointing but really you know they came back i think i thought the 2-2 draw with with leeds finally was a good point for both teams i mean i i actually think it was it was not a bad result at all and um Obviously, the win against Brighton now back into, uh, you know, uh, back in, uh, on form in style. And look, you talk about like the, ch- the race for the, t- uh, for the title, for the Champions League, but also like the relegation. Everybody's scrambling to put those run of games, you know. Mm. It was like if we put in a run of like four or five games, we might get out of the relegation zone. If Liverpool put in a run of seven or eight games, they might get back into top four. Newcastle had already done their run, you know, like eight, eight wins, eight, eight points, points in the bank, you know, in the end, you know, really, really like have helped them. And, and now they're very, very close. Great stuff. Uh, Liam, before the Brighton wash-up and your thoughts on a, a, a fantastic performance, just a word on the Leeds game to put this to bed. It, it, was it such a bad result? I mean, if, you, if you read it the day after, obviously we're, we're all wiser after the Brighton game, but you know, a result against a fight in Leeds United's side, you know what, what Elland Road's like, we all know as, as Toon fans, and the canny behaviour of Big Sam. You put that four points together as a package in a week, it looks okay, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I think there was a little overreaction because I think people were panicking a touch just because the idea of the Champions League for so long for a club like Newcastle United was the unattainable. It was it was it wasn't even a pipe dream because it was so unattainable. The idea of returning back to this this competition that, that holds so many amazing memories for us. And I mean let's let's put this in a context. Outside of Newcastle and Leicester. There aren't really many English clubs who have managed to break that sort of top six teams of getting into that competition in the last 20 years. There just hasn't been any, really. Um, but the panic, because it meant so much to everybody. But Newcastle only really in the last you know month and a half have dropped four points. And that's kind of the 
the the bracket that they're in now is that teams at the top win games and when you do take that slight dip off as arsenal have found at the very top that you struggle and you you, you don't make up the same kind of ground that you did when Newcastle were further down the league, like they have been in previous seasons. I don't think it was a bad point. I actually had the feeling it was a hard one to assess because they were 12 minutes away from winning that game. Um, and, it, and it felt almost at the time, speaking to a lot of Leeds fans at the game down there at Ellen Road, they were sort of feeling like it wasn't quite enough for them. And there was an also, also a feeling with Newcastle like that isn't quite enough for us. We, we want that, um, that barrier. And Liverpool have been fantastic, really fantastic. The pressure that they've put on, um, the games that they've won. They've gone on a run that only clubs like Man City or Liverpool can, where it is it is just relentless winning. Um, you don't see many others do that. But every question that's been asked, apart from the questions in the cup final this season, um, have been answered by Newcastle United. I think it's all credit to them because they're not. They haven't got an experienced squad in these kind of situations. They haven't been there and done that like everybody else at the top end. And, and essentially, I think they've been a real breath of fresh air to the Premier League this season in the manner in which the, they've gone about their, their business. And again, even last night, they weren't really at their best against Brighton. But Manchester scored four goals and probably could have had eight on another day. Yeah, yeah, they, they, They've been a really breath, a breath of fresh air at the Premier League this season. Uh, Ali, just touching on that Brighton game, uh, that, that Liam's talking about because it was it could have been seven or eight uh, it, was, it was one of those games that, which I say to you and I've said it on this show before when Redders feels comfortable then I know Newcastle <laughs> are playing well uh, but there is a pattern at the Toon Alley we, we, we focused on it this season they get out the blocks like Usain Bolt and they look to kill sides with that early goal uh, possibly two uh, and that, and that's it. Teams even like Brighton, who, who who have been formidable this season, they just they they, they can't live with it. Yeah, uh, especially at St James's Park. I mean, they, you know, we've seen it time and again. You know, we, we, we on the pod we talk about it. How often do we talk about when we're looking forward to a game? We say like we expect Newcastle to be on the front foot and all that, and especially against teams they're expected to uh, to beat. You know, um, I think even against our, I mean, against Arsenal. You know, they you know the the, the crowd was behind them and. You know they started really well. You know they they hit the post and could have should have had a penalty as well. You know they, you know they were really on the front foot. You know once you spin other, a coin on aren't... that game, Ali. Sorry to interrupt, but you spin a coin on that game, which is why I wasn't too too desolate about the Arsenal result mm-hmm. because on another day Newcastle would have been two or three up in the first fifty. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know. To be honest, it was just even just take the lead, you know, take the lead changes the whole game, you know. I think you know Arsenal had to weather that storm of not, of not conceding, uh, and and Newcastle had those two really really good chances, you know. So um, uh, so yeah, constantly see them on the front foot, starting like that again yesterday. And you know the positive thing, I mean, I, I think the first goal came on 20, 20, 22 minutes. I'm not sure exactly when it came, but uh, uh, again. It doesn't have to be like a very early, you know, um, first 10 minutes, first five minutes, ten, first 10 minutes, although, you know, they've done that quite a lot. You know, they, it's just like they keep going. Um, momentum. Momentum. You know, the style of play is just so exciting to watch. As Liam said, it's been a breath of fresh air, you know, and, and like now we're nearing the end of the season and, you know, you see like they've done it throughout. They've really, I, I keep saying it, but they've answered every question that's been thrown at them. This was supposed to be a difficult game against Brighton, you know, and... And as you say, they could have scored so many, like much more than the four that they did. 
Uh, I'm relaxed. So I've got one foot in, in Europe. I, I was showing Liam my passport just before we came uh, live on the pod. So that shows you because I am the most nervous Newcastle United supporter in the history of Newcastle United. But Liam, listen, so many special performances in that Brighton game. But special mention to Miggy Almiron for me. Uh, if Casida's the next big thing, he's going to wake up with nightmares this morning. Uh, literally. He, he didn't have the best of games, but Almiron was was part of the reason. What a, what a performance he put in last night! Yeah, it's it's been an interesting end of the season for for Miggy. He got that injury and has ho- found it hard to get back in the team, which is quite remarkable given when you think he started the season on fire. Um, he's got eleven goals to his name, but I thought last night we saw a real return to that start of the season form. Um, fearless run out with the ball, uh, worked so hard for the team. Um, but you mentioned you mentioned me, and it's it would be wrong of me not to mention the two fullbacks on the day. I thought Brilliant. I thought they were absolutely outstanding. Um, Kieran Trippier's set piece delivery has taken a bit of criticism from Newcastle United fans in recent times, um, simply because I've always flipped it on its head, and it's the problem isn't necessarily Trippier's delivery. It's more it's more we haven't got enough attacking players to go at the ball. Availability. You know, like, yeah, there's a lot of big players, but none of them really aggressive uh, attackers of the ball in the area. But we've seen a different side of that last night. And on the other side, Dan Byrne against his old club. Superb. Um, he was absolutely brilliant. Put a great shift in down that left-hand side. Um, and it was it was a real performance that was needed from a lot of players. Because let's be honest about this. Injuries are really starting to hit now. Um, this team looks like it's kind of ran its course but continues to keep grinding out the results like you say it could turn out to be a really valuable point at Leeds and then a fantastic win and arguably I thought yesterday was probably the hardest of the three games that they've got left okay yeah Pete uh, just a follow up on the point about the two fullbacks but about the team in general you know they whenever they've had like slight dip you know as we said they've come back strongly I think the two fullbacks in particular, as Liam just mentioned, they've always stepped up, I feel like, you know, like there's, there's been, how many times have we mentioned that, you know, is it time for Matt Target to come in? Is, is Dan Byrne going to be the, the weak link that everyone's going to target and all that? And time and again, he's just, you know, really put in great performances. Trippier, as we expect, you know, and I think in the in those few difficult moments, I think the big players in Newcastle really have stepped up. You know, they might have a, a slight dip, you know, but they but they come in, you know, Bruno being one of them, of course, Joe Linton. You know, we, at one point we were saying Callum Wilson's legs looked to have gone around the cup final, if you remember, you know, and, and the Man City game afterwards. I was thinking, you know, we need to take him out of the firing line. And Eddie Howe, the way he's handled it, him and his act, both, you know, the big money signing and obviously the senior striker already at the club. I think the big players have, have stepped up at the right moments time and again. And a credit to them, you know, and like I said, yeah, the season's almost over. And, you know, you could look back and, you know, rare, very, very few games, you can say people have uh, dropped the standards. Absolutely. That's why we're fans and not on the bench. Uh, but it's it, it's great fun trying to try to predict what's going to happen. But it, uh, I have to say, Eddie Howe and his team, they've been absolutely phenomenal in the way. Uh, Ali, you, you, I was listening back to the podcast last week and you nailed it. You said that you just, it's not a, a touch of gold that he's got. Every piece of research that Eddie Howe has done, it's done for a reason. Uh, and again, it was proven last night. Listen, stay with you, Ali. Uh, let's look around at the games this weekend, which which we tend to do on this podcast. As it stands, a tune will seal 
a return among giants with a win on Monday evening, whatever uh, may happen. But Man United and Liverpool, they've got tough games themselves this weekend, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, Liverpool, home to Villa. Uh, obviously, the way they're playing, you probably expect them to win. Villa have been very good, very, very good recently and uh, this season. Uh, you think Liverpool win, but I think now with Newcastle so close, it, you know, the pressure is on Liverpool probably to, you know, obviously they need to win both their games. Manchester United have three games left. I still expect them to finish in the in, in the top three. They might drop points, um, you, know, you know, against possibly against Bournemouth. You know, I, I can't see them dropping points in, in any of the other games. Um, so I still think Newcastle and Manchester United, I've said it for a few weeks now, I think Liverpool have pretty much run out of games. As Liam said, they've been brilliant, um, quite playing good football as well, you know, like scoring a lot of goals uh, over the last couple of months. But I, I just think the season has been overall quite inconsistent and um, they've just run out of games. So it is exciting. And I think there's a little bit of pressure on Manchester United and Liverpool, but I, I expect the top five to finish as it is. As it, I was just going to say, you took the words in my mouth, the, the two to finish third for you, Ali, right? Mm. Okay, yeah. interesting. Uh, Liam, Eddie's warning the job's not done. This is where my Newcastle kicks in. Um, another massive game on Monday night. You know, everyone thinks that Brighton was was the hard part of it, but we know what football is. Discount Newcastle United and, and our uh, worries, but football is, is a strange game. Look at Jeffrey Wednesday. So it's a massive game again. Yeah, nothing's over. Um, Newcastle United still need to make sure they get something, arguably a win. A win absolutely secures it. A draw pretty much puts it there, depending on what happens with Liverpool. I expect Liverpool, it wouldn't surprise me if they went and won all of their games. It wouldn't surprise me as well if Manchester United went and won all of their games uh, remaining this season. So strong at Old Trafford, and they've got two of the last three at Old Trafford, which makes a big difference. But Newcastle can only do, and it's one thing that Eddie Howe's really been banging the drum recently when people ask him questions about pressure, Liverpool, Manchester United, whoever it may be. He's always said, look, we deal with what we can deal with. It's wasted energy thinking about uh, how other teams are performing and, and you, you can't control it. So you can only control what you're doing. And I think it's the same on Monday night. The crowd were excellent last night. You stuck with the team, even in those difficult moments in the second half, really stuck with them. Um, and I think we'll see more of that on Monday night. And I feel like it could end up being a bit of a party atmosphere. I, I do think, having seen a lot of Leicester recently, I don't see any way, shape or form that they will come to St James's Park and cause Newcastle United, even a, an injury depleted Newcastle United, enough problems um, or, or keep them out enough. I think there's there's goals that we had. And if there's a team in the Premier League at the moment, apart from Manchester City, you're really chasing those goals. You've got to say it's Newcastle United. Uh, a last home game of the season, party atmosphere against Leicester. Does it ring any bells? I'll leave that to the hardcore fans because they should. It was 6-0 at half-time as well, uh, giving a clue away there. Um, Ali, listen, we've, we've, we're talking about Leicester. We've highlighted their poor season in, in the last couple of podcasts, actually. They've, they've cropped up in conversation. Is it too little too late for them? Or yes. do you think it's a last hurrah for them on Monday? No, I think it's too little too late. I, when we watched them against Liverpool... Uh, last week, and they were poor, you know, very poor, I think. And that's playing at home, really. I mean, you know, again, you know, you expect them, you know, to start off on the front foot, you know, the crowd behind them and all that. But it's, uh, you know, there's a reason why these, you know, clubs like that are 
or teams like that are, you know, at, at that point, at this point in the season, in that position. They, they can barely put any sort of run together, you know, like expecting them to, like, you know, every year you get to the start, uh, you know, the stage of the season, and the team starts saying, well, if we win three out of four, or if we win four out of five, we'll get well, out. You haven't done well, that there's, for... a, there's a re- you haven't done that all for all year, you know, it's not going to happen now. And with Leicester watching them last week, they went good. I, I think, you know, uh, uh, Liam hit it, uh, hit the nail on the head. It's going to be like such a big prize for Newcastle at home, last home game of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Uh, you know, yep. And uh, uh, it's going to be a big party atmosphere. You know, Champions League is on the line. And they know with one win, they can absolutely confirm it. You know, uh, it's I can't see anything but a, but a, new, a comfortable Newcastle win. I'm on EK website as we speak, Liam. I'm looking. I'm I'm quite tempted to fly in as this podcast goes out just for that party atmosphere. Um, it's going to be absolutely superb. Listen, we're, we've seen nominations out for uh, Premier League Player and Young Player of the Year, so I'm going to throw you boys both a curveball as both respected sporting journalists in your field. Uh, who better than to have you two? Um, there's three. There's three tune players, if I'm not mistaken, uh, nominated. Uh, but let's 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 get the real let's get the real experts view. Let's get you two boys. Uh, start with you, Ali. Um, have you got a? And, and it can be anyone as well. Please don't mm-hmm. don't, don't think it has to be Newcastle United. But uh, look at look out for a Premier League player and a young player of the season who 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 floats your boat. I mean, just in isolation, it's got to be Erling Haaland. Really, you know, you look at you know, he's he's been nominated in both. I'm not sure how the voting will go. If and you know, or you know, if if you get one, you don't get the other, and all that. But he's he's the obvious. He's the obvious nomination. Um, I, interesting about Saka being in there as well. You know, Saka and Odegaard from Arsenal. Obviously, they've had a great season. Odegaard, I mean, another question for both of you is like, where should the line be drawn at young player? You know, is it, you know, 24, 25? Is that totally. still young, you know? Um, I think 20, 22, 23 is, is about right, you know. So I'm not sure about Odegaard. You know, he's been great. Uh, but both him and Saka, I think have shown a bit of tiredness near the end of the season as Arsenal struggled in certain games. I think the the, uh, the Newcastle nominations, Trippier, very solid, of course. In, uh, in, in the young player of the year, I really like the nomination of uh, Isaac. You know, I think he's going to be, he, he's already shown he's brilliant and I think he's going to just going to get better and better. You know, in another season, you know, Taking Newcastle, playing such a big part in taking Newcastle, you know, to the to the Champions League, should they cross the line soon, you know, uh, would would be played. But it's it's just it's a strange one because Haaland is in both of them, and you come almost it's hard to look beyond either of them. It's the same thing with the with the manager's nomination. I know Eddie Howe's, and I mean Eddie, you know, any other season probably would would walk it really, you know, the job that he's taken them from, from you know relegation sixteen months ago to to this. Uh, um, but uh, with Pep in it and the way City are playing and probably winning the treble, uh, you, know, you know, I think I feel like City, Man City has like really skewed, you know, the, any sort of uh, agree. Uh, idea of like performances. But uh, I think I think Bachmann and Isaac for uh, in the young player of, uh, of the year, very good nominations. I would have given it probably to Isaac, you know, with, with Newcastle going to the Champions League. But we'll see because okay. Ireland, Haaland is in both. With black and white glasses on, Liam, let's 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 do it in uh, any one um, player and young player at, at St James's. At St James's, yeah, uh, right. 
So yeah, I think I have to agree. Well, Ali makes a really interesting point. I couldn't believe when I seen the Premier League, uh, the ages of the Premier League ones for the young player. I've got to be honest. I thought Alexis McAllister. He certainly looks a lot older than what he yeah. he actually is. I couldn't believe he was only twenty, <laughs> just turned twenty four. Um, but yeah, it's it's too much. I think I think Early Holland wipes the floor with everybody in both categories. He's a phenomenon. He's just a, an unbelievable footballer who's taken the, the art of goal scoring onto a whole different level in the English game. Um, a real birth of a superstar. I feel this season in the Premier League. But going to Newcastle United, I think player of the season, it's a tough one. It's a really tough one. I would actually potentially go, if you didn't pick Kieran Trippier, who I think has been outstanding, I think Joe Linton's potentially been Newcastle's player of the season because of his consistent levels. Um, a real shame that uh, Sean Longstaff got that injury a few weeks ago um, because he was in such a rich vein of goal-scoring form. And I think he would be in double figures now if he'd been allowed to stay out on that left-hand side, but such is his versatility that he's performing a midfielder and forcer role now these days, um, rather than a forward role, and it's it's quite incredible to see, given how many struggles he's had in a black and white shirt over the years. Young player, can't argue with, with Ali on that one, Isak for me. Isak is, is a real unbelievable footballer in terms of his footwork, his speed, uh, his killer instinct. He's just got everything, and, and I think if Newcastle had, had the personnel that they're really on their bare bones a little bit now going into the last uh, couple of weeks of the season, I think we would have seen him brought back into the centre of the field because despite Wilson scoring 18 goals, Isak's the best striker uh, Newcastle have had in a long time despite not having the amount of goals as Wilson. And I think we would have seen him move back into the middle and Wilson out of the team had it had it not been for injuries to the likes of uh, Jacob Murphy. Uh, OK, and then got to get... Uh... Ali's take on that. I was just about to no, say, just, get a prediction out of Liam, but no, go yeah, on. Yeah, no, no, j- just a very quick point on that, on on just focusing on Newcastle players. Uh, I do think, Isaac, you know, like those, you know, comparisons to Henri and all that are really not far off. Obviously, he's got plenty to do, you know, but just looking at him what in terms of potential and what he can do, you know, he, he really could become one of the best strikers in the Premier League in the next couple of years, probably next season. Uh, he's already shown it this year. And one small point, you know, like of all the players, just looking back on the season, I think Nick Pope's done a really good job. You know, I think, you know, the, like people will remember that game against Liverpool, obviously missing the cup final. There was a couple of nervy moments after that. Everyone's like, oh, you know, but I think in general, he's been excellent. I think he should be England's number one. I said it right at the, like a long time ago, uh, especially in comparison to the one who is number one at the moment. So I, I, I just think Nick Pope, even against Arsenal, you know, when they were one nil down, it was quite a nervy that he, he pulled off a couple of excellent saves, you know, from Odegaard. So, um, I think in general he's been really, really good. When you mentioned like the best players like Trippier, uh, Isaac up front, Joe Linton, uh, you know, Botman's had a great season. I think you have to mention Nick Pope as well. Uh, no mention there for mine, which is Bruno G. Um, yeah, of course. Oh, it goes without saying. Died, goes without died, saying. died off a little bit toward the end of the season, obviously carrying that injury, which Liam reported yeah. on uh, a, a few weeks back. So we look forward to getting him back to full fitness. But what a player, even, even at 70, 60%. He still dictates a game and uh, fantastic. So he's mine. Listen, Liam, going back to it, give us a prediction for Monday night's party, hopefully. Um, I think I think we'll see a lot of goals. And I'm not often one who predicts this kind of result, if ever. But I think I think we'll be looking at a five or six. I think I, I think I do think we'll see a no matter what happens with Liverpool, if they drop points, it will still be a party atmosphere. 
Um, I think Leicester, like I say, I, I watched that Liverpool game. Uh, Liverpool got three. It could easily have been seven, eight. If Liverpool had really put the foot on the pedal and been clinical in that game, uh, it would have been a cricket score. And I think there could be something like that on Monday because I just don't see any resolve. Uh, I've seen Tielemans and, and Madison fighting it out on the pitch almost at times, arguing with each other. And that's that's the kind of territory to get into, to, to go over an old newspaper phrase. It's kind of cracked badge territory, isn't it? Where everybody's, all the, all the cracks are falling apart. And um, I think, I think I'm, I'm saying five or six. And then that's, I know that's, people might think that's a little bit uh, arrogant or a little bit uh, not sort of missing the point. I would take one, one nil will do me. Um, but I, I really do think they'll, they'll hit home on Monday. You would take one. And just, just to back up your point, Liam, I have to say that, it- not just because it sounds like Newcastle are going to score five or six, but genuinely, in a lot of games this season, Newcastle United could have scored five or six in many games. So when you say yeah. that, it's not it's not a case of uh, of exaggeration. Newcastle, if they if they hit it, look at Spurs. Spurs being the perfect example of that game. Okay, always fantastic to see Liam Kennedy. Ali Khaled, last word as always. The curtain is being primed to come down on a memorable season at St. James's Park. All that remains for me to say is, are we going out in style on Monday night? Are you with Liam? I'm 100% with Liam. I think, uh, you know, playing at home, with what's at stake, the crowd will be up for it. Last home game of the season, everything's come together. I think we will... In time, we'll look back at Leicester and think, you know, they were gone a long time ago. You know, I know they've been hovering and it's been a close run season. Uh, but, you know, I think, you know, Liam really summed it up well. They just looked so poor. You know, they were conceding. I, I, you know, you mentioned that Newcastle look like they can score five or six many times. They have scored four or five yep. many times, you know. And I think the style of play you know, lends itself to these results in, in that, you know, this is a this is a team that's, you know, constantly going forward and all that. In a game like this, I'm, you know, I, I can see, I was going to go for like three, I probably, you know, you know inspired by Liam's uh, prediction, I'm going to go for 4-0. Fantastic. Brilliant stuff. Listen, always amazing to see Liam Kennedy. Great to see Ali Khaled as always. That's it for another edition of Black and White with our views. We'll see you next week. How are Eddie Howe's Black and White Mags? <laughs>